I'm John Pittman, Director of Music and Programming at All Classical Portland, here in Portland, Oregon. I recently learned of an important world premiere happening a few states away in Utah at the Moab Music Festival, featuring Portland's own Kenji Bunch. In September, as part of its 2021 summer series, the Moab Music Festival will premiere Bunch's Lost Freedom, A Memory. Inspired by the autobiographical accounts of the incarceration of United States citizens, Japanese Americans in World War II, Lost Freedom, A Memory is a chamber music piece that is woven with words spoken by a man who, as a boy, was one of those citizens forced from their homes and made to live in desolate camps thousands of miles away from where they had lived. Actor George Takei will take part in the premiere at Moab Music Festival, reading his own words to Kenji's newly composed score. Both Kenji Bunch and George Takei join me for this special arts blog feature of All Classical Portland and allclassical.org. Kenji says that the origin of Lost Freedom goes back to a performance of an earlier work of his that came about from his own visit to another Japanese-American camp, Minidoka, near Jerome, Idaho. I was, uh, I was out at Sun Valley and driving home, and I had found that it was kind of nearby, and so I um, made the drive out there by myself uh, early in the morning on my way home, and it was uh, just a really powerful uh, experience. And I, I think there's been enough time since that experience to be able to say it was in in some ways sort of life changing. I mean, it was a very had a really profound effect on me. And I, I, so I wrote this this short piece that I called Minidoka that was inspired by that experience of being there, and it was specifically one moment. During my visit, uh, there's this little stream that flows right beyond the the boundary of the camp, and uh, there's a barbed wire fence that they they kept. I, I mean, the, the the whole place is is beautifully maintained, and uh, they've kept a lot of the original construction there. So you see the barbed wire fences, and um, there's a little plaque there that explained that the the prisoners would stand as close as they could to that fence to look at the stream and seeing that gently flowing water brought them great comfort in this circumstance and something about that just just the the humanity of you know being able to to imagine what that must have been like and realizing that uh, gosh if i was around back then i'd be raising my my kids in a place like that mm. um so that that really stayed with me and i, I wrote this little viola piece based on that and uh, so I played it at, at Moab two summers ago, and afterward, Michael Barrett, the artistic director, and I had a conversation, and he mentioned that just a half hour away in Dalton Wells, Utah, there was a temporary uh, kind of a holding place for inmates at, uh, at the other camps who were considered troublemakers, and they were just sort of uh, sent to Dalton Wells to, to cool off. So we, we just... Uh, kind of kept this conversation going about this whole issue. And later on in the year, he approached me with this idea to create a larger work, kind of inspired by the proximity to Dalton Wells and my experience at Minidoka. And, and uh, we wanted to create some bigger piece about the camp experience. And he 
had this sort of pie-in-the-sky idea that he had worked with George Takei before uh, on another project, and he thought, what if, what if we could get George to be involved in some way? And, uh, and you know, I said, sure, that sounds great, that'd be awesome. <laughs> but I, I didn't expect that to actually materialize, and then it, it did. And uh, so that's where we are now. We, the piece, Lost Freedom, A Memory, is the memory of George Takei's personal experience growing up in camps. He, was, uh, he wasn't at Minidoka, he was at, at Tule Lake in California. So it's a, a really powerful uh, but, but very intimate piece about his personal experience. It is certainly powerful subject matter. And joining Kenji and me is George Takei, of course known to millions of fans around the world as Commander and later Captain Hikaru Sulu in the beloved TV and film series The Original Star Trek. Importantly, in addition to his lifetime of activism in human rights causes, Mr. Takei as a boy himself was forced with his family to live in U.S. military-run Japanese-American internment camps in World War II, the inspiration for Bunch's lost freedom, a memory. Well, thank you very much. I'm delighted to be speaking with you about the uh, uh, collaboration that we have for the Moab uh, Music Festival. Speaking about your experiences, if I may just ask a few questions about that. It was 1942, just a few months after Pearl Harbor. How old were you when you and your family uh, was forced to live in the camp? Four, year, four years old at the time of uh, Pearl Harbor, I turned five years old uh, on, on April 20th, 1942, and the soldiers came to get us in uh, May of 1942. So I was five years old at the time we were imprisoned. And was, was this was in California? Yes, in Los Angeles. Oh. And I imagine that you touch on this in Lost Freedom. What is your earliest memory connected with this disruptive event? Well, it was that morning when the soldiers came. It was terrifying. My brother and I, a year younger, shared a bedroom. And my father came in, woke us up very early in the morning, and dressed us hurriedly and uh, told us to uh, wait in the living room while our parents uh, did some last-minute packing in their bedroom, and our baby sister was uh, in their bedroom in a crib. And so my brother and I, with nothing to do, uh, we were just standing by the front window, uh, gazing out at the neighborhood. And suddenly we saw two soldiers marching up our driveway, carrying rifles with shiny bayonets on them. They stomped up the front porch, and with their fists began pounding on the door. Oh my we goodness. thought the whole house was trembling. And that was our, my first memory that morning when the soldiers came with bayonets on their rifle. Between what you can recall and what you know fully, because I know that you have written much about that experience, I understand that your family first went to one location, and then were moved and uh, to another. And I imagine that that's where you uh, were for the rest of the war. Uh, no, we were moved around. 
My father answered the door when uh, the soldiers were pounding on it. Mm. It was terrifying. My brother and I were just uh, shuddering, and uh, they pointed the rifle at my father and said, we are to leave our home. My father asked for a few minutes, and uh, they said, gather only what you can carry. Leave everything there. And my um, father came out with uh, two huge uh, suitcases that he was carrying and had boxes for my brother and me to carry. And we marched out, stood on the uh, driveway, waiting for our mother to come out. And when she came, uh, came out, she had our baby sister in one arm, a huge duffel bag in the other, and tears were streaming down her cheeks. We were loaded onto trucks, packed with uh, other Japanese-American families uh, that had been gathered, and driven downtown to uh, Little Tokyo, the uh, Japanese-American community, to the uh, Buddhist temple, where there were other families gathered. And a long line of uh, buses came up, and we were loaded onto that. And this uh, train of buses went to the uh, Santa Anita racetrack on the outskirts of uh, Los Angeles. And we were unloaded there, herded over to the uh, stable area. And each family was assigned a horse stall to sleep in, still pungent with the stink of fresh horse manure. Mm. Uh, For my parents, it must have been a painfully degrading experience. But for five-year-old me, I was excited. Hmm. I, I, I thought it was fun to li- uh, sleep where the horse he slept. Uh, and so in my, I got a book out right now called uh, They Called Us Enemy. We were all uh, uh, classified as enemy alien, which was uh, both words were absolutely contradictory of who we were. Of course. We were not the enemy, we were Americans. My mother was born in Sacramento, California. My father uh, was born in Japan, but brought to San Francisco as a child, and he was reared and educated and became who he was uh, in San Francisco. He was a San Franciscan, uh, spoke English and Japanese both fluently. And so we're Americans, and yet we were categorized as enemy aliens. Uh, even five-year-old me, and you, I'm, I, I, I'm not sure of this, but uh, I'm sure our infant uh, uh, baby sister, who wasn't a year old, uh, was an enemy alien as well. I mean, it was really ludicrous if it weren't so outrageously preposterous. And we were taken to Santa Anita, uh, that was the uh, temporary camp. The camps were being built. And once the uh, the construction was finished, then uh, we were transported all the way, or two-thirds of the way across the country to the swamps of Arkansas, a place called Rower. There were 10 camps altogether, and all the 10 of the most desolate places in the United States. We were in Arkansas. There were camps in uh, the blistering hot desert of Arizona. Can you imagine? Mm. There were two of them there. Or Colorado, or uh, Wyoming, Idaho, Utah, 
and there were two in the, the desert of uh, California. George Takei giving a first-hand account, a vivid recollection of when the U.S. government rounded up and imprisoned his family and 120,000 other citizens for the duration of the Second World War. These recollections are the foundation of lost freedom, a memory. Kenji Bunch. Yeah, it's, it's been a neat process. Michael took George's writings and, uh, you know, his book, they call this enemy, um, speeches he's, he's given. He, he does uh, quite a lot of, of speaking colleges and other events. And uh, it came up with this, this script. And then actually, for the last few months, we've been, the three of us, Michael, George, and I have been kind of passing it around and piece it together. But, but these are really George's words, and, and George is very, very particular about the exact words we use. But also, I mean, anybody who follows George Takei online, on Facebook, social media, he's a very, very outspoken and deservedly so critic of social times and, and politics as well. Yeah, he is. He's, he's uh, incredibly perceptive and articulate and, and such a gracious and dignified presence. He, he just commands so much respect, yeah. even on, on a Zoom screen. <laughs> and, and it's also fun. He's, he's very uh, generous about the Star Trek stuff. He, he, he doesn't, um, you know, it's not like, don't mention Star Trek around George. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little worried about that. But, you know, he, like, right off the bat, he's like doing the live long <laughs> and prosper. And, and we, we talked Star Trek. And that was, that just blew the mind of 12-year-old Kenji, uh, who, I, I mean, I grew up on Star Trek reruns, um, which were in, in syndication. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, if, uh, uh, just to hear some stories from, from him yeah. directly about the, all of that was really great, too. Well, Kenji, and I, I imagine, too, I mean, think of George Takei's resonant voice. I mean, being lent to your piece of music, that, that must have been a thrill, just the thought of that wonderful professional speaking voice being blended with your music. Yeah, well, it, I think of it as another instrument. I mean, it, it really is. It's a beautiful instrument. And th there are a lot of sections where I need underscoring while he's talking. And I have to think of of his voice the way I, I would, kind of like a cello or something where you, you stay out of that sonic space and, you know, write for something higher or uh, so you're not like uh, competing uh, with with those frequencies and um yeah it's it's just a uh, uh, what a thrill to be able to to write this knowing that that voice is going to be <laughs> saying those words well kenji was already familiar with george takei's work as sulu in star trek mr takei had yet to meet kenji bunch getting ready for this new piece I uh, did not know Kenji Bunch. He, he was introduced to me via Michael, and uh, I wasn't uh, familiar with his music. As a matter of fact, I just heard a tiny bit of uh, his prelude this morning. He uh, sent it over to give me a taste. I, I wrote to him asking for uh, some taste, of some uh, sense of uh, uh, the kind of music that 
uh, will be preceding and playing underneath me and uh, interludes in between. And he's still working on the composition, but uh, he uh, sent me uh, two minutes of the uh, prelude to give me an idea of his uh, sound world, as he calls it. <laughs> and what were, your, what were your impressions of the music, having heard it and knowing about the subject matter? It was intriguing. Uh, there were the um, stop staccato sounds that were chilling, and uh, there were also uh, playful, uh, childlike uh, enjoyment uh, sounds, which is really what, what my uh, experience was. It's my parents who went through the whole horror, uh, the um, breakdown of our democracy. Uh, but my memories are that of a child in this fantastical part of uh, the world called the bayous of uh, Arkansas, mm. trees growing out of pools of water. And so uh, I tried to keep the uh, childlike memories that I have, uh, the innocent memories that I have of the incarceration, while at the parallel time telling the story of uh, my parents' uh, anguish and uh, humiliation and uh, enragement at times. Is it primarily uh, chronological? No, because uh, I wanted to structure both the uh, irrationality of the uh, imprisonment of innocent people on the basis of race with the events uh, in some emotional order. So do you know that, you know, after a year of imprisonment, the government realized that uh, there is a wartime manpower shortage in the military and they needed us now. But how to justify drafting people that have been classified as uh, enemy aliens for service in the U.S. military? And so their solution to that was to come up with a sloppily put together loyalty questionnaire. And so I discuss that loyalty questionnaire, but I go back to the beginning of the uh, loyalty questionnaire uh, to tell people that at the uh, time of the declaration of uh, war, young Japanese Americans, like all young Americans, had rushed to enlist in the U.S. military to fight for their country. But this act of patriotism was answered with a slap on the face. They were denied military service, categorized as enemy alien, and put into these uh, barbed wire prison camps. So I had to kind of uh, shape and mold the sequence of uh, that happening and what uh, the result of the loyalty questionnaire was on uh, the people, uh, and it, it fractured the community. And then go back to tell the story of the uh, uh, rush to uh, enlist in the U.S. military. So uh, I shaped the, the order of events to tell a dramatic uh, storyline. That drama is supported by Kenji's music, which includes him as violist, along with other chamber musicians, some of whom will be familiar to Portlanders and who have also been on all classical Portland. Um, we have string quartet 
piano and percussion, and that, that's uh, that's what's the, uh, what I wrote for. And um, yeah, I'm going to play the the viola part in in the strings. Um, but yeah, there's some amazing talent uh, there to to, <laughs> to work with, and it's it's like wow, with, um, Conrad Tao and piano and Ian Rosenblum on on, um, on percussion. So yeah. Yeah, Andy Ka- and Andy Akiho also. Andy's has... on the program. He's he's oh, he, uh, he won't different. be playing my piece, but um, yeah, the the program is featuring works by Andy and also Paul Chihara, who incidentally was uh, uh, grew up at uh, Minidoka. I read um, that, and they're only about one year apart. Yeah, Mr. Chihara and George Takei. I, yeah. I know I checked their ages, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and uh, but it's it, that's really neat too. I mean, Paul has been kind of a mentor over the years, and uh, it's just a super encouraging, generous um, presence for younger composers. And uh, it's a, a real thrill to be able to to see him and connect with him in, in this way. Right now, the Moab Music Festival is putting a focus on. We're very close to, I think last year was the 75th anniversary of the end of World War II. Mm. So we are looking at now 76, 77, 78 years ago that, that the government rounded up Japanese-American citizens, shop owners, farmers, and put them in these camps because of uh, fear and, and a racial prejudice uh, following the attack on Pearl Harbor. And I understand that the festival is doing in its own way a kind of reckoning, I guess you would say, uh, in this program. Yeah, it's a really courageous, a really courageous um, step, I, I think, that, that the festival is taking. And uh, it's just a, a, a real meaningful statement. And you, when, when we started talking about this whole project, uh, we didn't anticipate the resurgence of um, all the uh, anti-Asian hate and, and violence that we've seen this this past year, so it's like weirdly timely in in that sense too. Yes, right. How has this been for you emotionally? Has it has it been a struggle, or or have you taken a different approach to it? Well, it's it's been uh, it's a lot to to work on and. Um, I I have to always try to remember what my my job is with with this piece. It's in other words, it's not about me. Right? It's, <laughs> what I really feel my my job here is um, to help underscore the humanity of this experience, and not all of us are uh, of Asian descent, but one thing we all have in common, whatever our experience, is that at some point we were all kids. And I think that's the way in here uh, is, you know, this was a story about stuff that happened to a five-year-old boy. Uh, And hopefully most of us haven't been through uh, that traumatic of an experience at, at that age, but we've all been scared and confused and not uh, understood what was going on and uh, you know had had th- those emotions and so i i guess what i've i've tried to do with the music is remind us of that 
I tried to think of the the child, the perspective of of the child, and write about that. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Absolutely. Yes. I I feel like something I can do with my music is to help tell stories that actually happen to people and remind us that these are real people that <laughs> these things happen to and uh, there's a big push right now to kind of control and whitewash the way history is taught and I really see art as uh, an important tool in keeping that from happening whether it's it's music or literature um, dramatic works or dance or it, visual art we have the ability to keep history alive and and really alive because um, we can connect that history with our own emotions. Thank you, Kenji. Kenji, it's uh, been great to have you in today to talk about the world premiere of Lost Freedom, A Memory, which you have written for the Moab Music Festival. And as I said near the beginning, I look forward to hearing it. um, And I hope that a way can be found for you to bring a performance to us here in the Portland area someday. Me too. Well, John, I really appreciate your interest in this project. And yeah, I hope hope you can hear it too. All right. Thank you, Kenji. Thank you. Sharing a few more minutes of time with actor George Takei by phone, who has spent his life, in addition to entertaining us all through Star Trek, of reminding us of the importance that we remain involved in our democracy, a passion which he inherited. It was my father that told me, ours is a people's democracy. And he quoted uh, Abraham Lincoln. He used to love quoting a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And we are part of the people, and we have to be in there participating. And so uh, I'm a chip off my father's block. (laughs) George, I'd love to hear you narrate Aaron Copeland's A Lincoln Portrait. Have you ever done that? I have, as a matter of fact, twice. (laughs) I've done about two dozen uh, uh, concerts throughout the country, I, and I love Portland. I've been there many, many times. And you have a magnificent Japanese garden there, a whole valley that's been made into a garden. Have you visited there? Yes, yes, I've, I've been there. Um, also, there's a memorial on the Willamette River right in downtown I Portland. That, that. Yeah, yeah, for the Japanese-Americans who were, who were sent off out of there. Yes. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I've uh, been there for the opening of uh, that uh, park there on the waterfront. And uh, I was invited to participate uh, in the opening ceremonies of uh, a museum in the Japantown section of uh, Portland, Oregon, on the uh, interment. But uh, regrettably, I had a conflict and I couldn't be there. But this trip, I just may... uh, have a detour to Portland to visit that museum as well as uh, the Japanese garden, which I love there. So, so, so spectacularly, I mean, combining the, uh, the uh, uh, flora of uh, uh, Oregon. Well, George Takei, it's been wonderful to have this opportunity to speak with you about so many different topics, a little bit of Star Trek and uh, classical music. <laughs> 
Kenji Bunch's new piece, Lost Freedom, a Memory, inspired by your real-life um, experiences and those of, of so many other Japanese-Americans um, through that dark and terrible time, but being brought through a, an art form to remind us, I think, as we've, we've heard it said of the Holocaust, just never let it happen again. Never again. And yet we do. We don't learn yeah. the lessons of history. And uh, as we uh, discussed, yeah. that same kind of hysteria is happening to Asian, uh, Asian Americans today again because of ignorance and racism of uh, people that uh, don't know better. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. Well, yes. So thank you. Great. Good talking to you. You too. Thank you, George. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Actor George Takei, a survivor of the U.S. government-run Japanese-American internment camps in World War II, a lifetime activist, and an actor whom we all cherish, narrating the world premiere of Lost Freedom, a Memory, composed by Portland composer Kenji Bunch, which will be at the Moab Music Festival on September 4th, 2021. And as I've said to both of them, I'd love to have them here to perform it for us here in Portland someday. Fingers crossed. Special thanks to Kenji Bunch and to George Takei for spending this time with me to talk about this important world premiere composition. And thank you for listening. I'm John Pittman, here at All Classical Portland.